0: Hey folks from the Flight Deck, this is your captain speaking. Welcome to the Tailwinds and Sunshine podcast, where we talk everything aviation. I am your host, Manny Ramirez. It's always a pleasure to have you on board. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the show. Thanks for being here. I apologize to those of you that have been asking about when I'm going to put another episode out. Uh, yeah, I just been lazy, straight up. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been, I've been um, lazy. I'm just bad. I'm just horrible with time management. I am if I was a project manager for any company, I'd be fired on the spot, <laughs> but uh, I am happy to be back. I had to force myself to be um, part of this. And actually I incorporated a more kind of a uh, interactive portion of this, of the podcast now. So what I'm going to do just to kind of give more uh, some of my friends, the opportunity to ask questions. I've actually started an Instagram live. Um, so that way, hello. So that way, if you have any questions, I can answer them on the show and you can be incorporated into the show or the podcast. But, but anyways, also, uh, there is. I have started a fundraiser for Maori Relief. Um, <laughs> for those of you who have noticed, I misspelled relief. So I, I apologize for that. But anyways, it's there. I have a, a, $500 set, a $500 goal for the month of August. So maybe we can put up uh, if you want to donate. If you have not done so already, go ahead and donate. You know, help out. Uh, it's unfortunate what's been going over there. It's a beautiful island. If you haven't been fully recommended, maybe not so right now, but eventually. Uh, anyways. I am not excited because I I feel like every time that I say that, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, we're super excited to be back, blah, blah, blah. I'm not excited. I'm happy. I'm content. And I'm glad to be back and sharing some stories with you guys because I know some of you have been asking me is like, did you stop doing it? Did you stop actually recording or your podcast? No, I've just been lazy and I've just been really busy. So I'm going to keep this episode really short and sweet. So what I want to talk about is just kind of bring bring you up to speed on what's been going on and kind of give you a little introduction. If you're new to the show, kind of give you an introduction of who I am. And then I'm going to talk about uh, the biggest things is just training contracts. And this, these things have been happening in the, um, uh, uh, for airline pilots or just pilots in general, we're going to talk about training contracts, what they mean, how they affect you, how they affect the companies, and I'm going to bring those to the forefront. So I'm going to talk about those, and then going to give you a little bit of a CQ experience. Um, what I had CQ is continuing qualification for us SkyWest, and I'm going to give you my experience there. Uh, just briefly talk about United Pay, and just finish off with a interview that my friend just went through with an airline, and I'm gonna share his experience with you and see that not all airlines are gonna be a happy place to be at. Anyways, that's it. All right, so my name is Manny Ramirez. I am an airline pilot for a regional airline. I work for SkyWest, which is the largest regional airline in the country. I fly the Embryo 175. I'm also an instructor, a ground instructor. I teach systems procedures and matrix in a kind of a static device. Uh, they have nice computer screens and stuff like that. So I am an instructor for the airline as well. And I've been doing that for about two years. Prior to that, I used to do charter stuff. I do. I was an instructor and I really enjoyed being uh, an airline pilot. That's what I wanted to be since I was a kid. I created this podcast to really just kind of Talk about my experiences. Talk about stories, news, and if you listen to prior episodes, which I really encourage you to do so. I've covered some like uh, recent events, incidents that happen. I'm really interested in the human factors component of incidents that happen in aviation, and I've brought on a guest, my friend Daniel Sims, was a guest on the show, and I'm really trying to get back in, kind of get get gain some more traction, but I've just been really bad with scheduling. Um, my friend Derek, who is uh uh, currently on my live on Instagram, actually said he wants to be part of the the show. And I just, I need to schedule, I need to get my calendar back and have some sessions open so that I can actually uh, get together with you guys. But anyways, that's me. Uh, What has been going on? So I've been super busy. Like I said, over the past four months, I have just been flying a lot and teaching, but I've also taken some time off and I've been doing uh, some traveling. So in April, I actually flew 103 hours of block. So there's a couple uh, hours that we use in flying. So we have credit, what you get paid for, and you get block, which is what we fly. So that's at our company is when we release the brakes. till so we actually put the, uh, we set the brakes back when we get to our destination. That's what we block. And I blocked 103 hours. So I credited a little bit more than that. So. That's insane because typically the average flying for a pilot, an airline pilot, is between, I would say, 70 hours to about the high 70s to probably even low 80s. That's the average flying. So I did a lot of flying. I actually even uh, uh, published an episode of the podcast in April. So I was super busy. Then May, I took some time off and I was in Italy for a few days. So the whole plan was kind of uh, in, 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 the, in the next episode, I'm going to talk about more about non-rev and how that works when you're uh, an airline employee and how it can go south super quick. And this is one of the stories that actually one of those inst- instances where it kind of went south. So initially we were supposed to go to Madrid. I wanted to catch up with my mom. It turns out she <laughs> wasn't going to be there anyways, but we were planning. I'm going to Madrid. And so we took a flight from Denver to Newark to connect to Madrid, but because of a delay and also just lack of staffing in Newark, we did not make that connection, which had two seats open and they actually held a seat for us. So it was unfortunate that it happened, but we missed that flight. We tried multiple flights to Europe at that same evening, but it didn't happen. So we ended up actually spending the night in Newark and the next morning I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's just try to get to Europe. Whatever's available first, we'll go there. Whatever we get awarded first, we'll go there. And then from there, if you want to go somewhere else we can definitely do it so i did that and uh uh we did that we ended up in napoli eric what's up welcome to the live on instagram um just saying hi my friend eric just joined hello i'm in the middle of recording uh, another episode for the podcast just so you know uh anyways so we were uh ended up in we went to naples florida uh, florida idiot uh <laughs> Naples, Italy. And that was kind of a disappointing trip. It was nice to go there and to kind of experience Italy, but it's just, I'm not, I don't speak Italian. That's one. And I I took four years of French. I'm fluent in Spanish. So I can kind of manage myself. I can kind of handle myself in France or any uh, French speaking nation, but Italian was bad because a lot of people there in, in Napoli didn't speak English or Spanish. So I was like so it was really hard even just a simple thing as ordering a coffee it was difficult because you order or like i try to be nice and you know say buongiorno you know and i guess my accent is good enough to where then the italians think i speak italian and they start speaking italian to me and i'm just like oh i'm sorry i i don't understand Uh, you know do the finger thing so i was it was bad then on top of that the weather was just crap um it was really bad we did not see the sun until we left Until we're like Taking off uh, Out of uh, Napoli So it, the weather was bad It rained pretty much Every single day We had to have umbrellas Everywhere everywhere we went uh, We ended up taking A little tour We uh, toured the Amalfi Coast We went to Sorrento Positano And Forgot what the other town was But anyways We went there It was nice But it was just cold And surprisingly uh, One of the local The taxi drivers That spoke very good English Mentioned to us That it was actually Really uncommon for the weather to be that bad for that particular time. So my luck, huh? And as it turns out, the weather in Europe in that particular area, kind of like the Mediterranean area, it was really, it was just really bad because I remember at the time my mom was in Rome at the same time we were in in Napoli and uh, she was saying how bad it was and that it was uh, rainy and windy and stuff like that. So we, uh, it was just bad overall and so it was unfortunate but whatever so that was that so then after that uh may ended up in italy and i just came back from um kona we were in kona for a week and so that was really nice too the weather was perfect it was nice and warm uh got a nice burn third degree burns on my back not really third degree burns but i got nice and toasty um i'm still peeling from that actually i have my arms i got some peeling going on but that was that was pretty cool uh super exciting to be um uh, you know i was excited and i'm just saying just for the fact of it but it was exciting to be there so i was really nice so super cool that i was there and now we're back we're flying uh actually but now for three weeks i've been back in vegas for about a week and then i'm gonna be um i'm gonna be heading back to denver tomorrow gonna be teaching for three weeks and i come back in the beginning of september i think the second week of september and i should be good and i was just talking right now with one of my friends on eric on the uh Instagram live, and he's going to the Reno air races. So if you have not been to the Reno air races, you are wrong. You should go to the Reno air races. This year is going to be the last year that the Reno air races are going to be happening in Reno. I think, and I can be corrected if I'm wrong, I think they're just super dangerous. And almost every year there's an incident. So I think they're just putting an end to that just because it's uh, it's a pretty dangerous uh, air show and uh so but if you're i'm gonna try to go apparently is from the 13th uh i may be corrected let me see if i can uh, uh i think it's from the 13th to the 17th of september i think that's what my my friend eric said but it's uh i want to go there that's what i want to do that's what i've been doing the trips and, and, and like i said earlier if i haven't mentioned it i'm just really bad with time management and i just been super busy i have been and and typically uh when i kind of relax um At home, I just want to veg out. I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit in front of the TV or I want to play with my Switch or I just want to kind of go out and eat and call it a day and be done. I don't want to be doing chores. I don't want to be doing projects. I don't want to be doing anything because every time I travel, I'm the one that's uh, planning everything. Airline tickets, car rentals, hotels. So I'm the one that's doing everything. So... Yeah. So when I get home, I just want to do nothing. That's pretty much what I've been doing the past week. I haven't been doing much, but I know I have to get back into it. And this is me getting back into it and giving you guys another show, uh, another episode for the show. But I am happy because I like talking about the stuff that happens in aviation uh, incidents and stuff. But yeah. So what else has been going on? So I've been flying a lot and there's actually I have a couple more overnights that I really, really love that I uh, went to the uh, last few months. The first one is Providence, Rhode Island in Providence, Rhode Island actually it's we they, United took it back. So we had it. We were flying out of Chicago, I think it was Chicago. Uh Chicago to Providence, Rhode Island and we stay at the Graduate Hotel which is uh downtown which is about a 10 minute walk from the from the capital, state capital of Rhode Island. Beautiful. Beautiful weather that time that I was there. I was really happy to be there and I I was trying to bid for that again and I didn't see it anymore. United took it back. I'm like, damn it. The second overnight that I really like that you guys should take a look at, put in your top uh, list of travel locations is State College, Pennsylvania. That is the home of Penn State. So if you've never been there, it is a beautiful location. Once again, uh, SkyWest has us at the uh, graduate there in uh, State College. A beautiful location. Again, is walkable distance, a walkable destination there. And I was able to visit Penn State. I was uh, able to visit the creamery there. So if you have uh, ice cream, they have a really good uh, ice cream shop there. They have, they sell dairy products. And they just don't sell ice cream. Uh, it looks, uh, they sell cheese curds. They sell ice cream by the pint. They sell cones. They sell all their other stuff in the little store. And I also got a chance to visit their, I don't know how to say it, but the Arbutarium. <laughs> Arbor, Arbor, Arbor Arboretarium. Anyways, it's it's like a huge garden with a bunch of trees and and plants from all over the world. Um, And if you look at my Instagram stories, I have some of this stuff in there or reels. I've made some stuff about State College, Pennsylvania, beautiful location. That one actually I bid uh, for September. So I think I'm going to be there a couple times in, uh, September, hopefully crossing my fingers, you know, from my, my mouth to God's ears that I actually make it to state college, it's a beautiful location. Uh, typically those overnights are close to 20 hours, or a little bit more than 20 hours. So it makes it nice. So you can go and take, you just kind of relax. Uh, but those are the two top locations, really my two top favorite overnights, uh, that I've done so far. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Chicago flying. So I go into Chicago a lot. And I love Chicago. Some pilots just are scared of Chicago. They're like, oh, no, I don't like Chicago. I'd rather fly into Houston. Houston's Intercontinental is worse. I don't like Houston. It's, uh, it doesn't flow as smoother as Chicago. Um, the reason I say this is because I, I, was, I had one incident in Houston where it took me six frequency changes to get to the runway and i was just uh yeah and it was like straight i was like shortly there after ioe so i was relatively new just to airline operations and then they sent me to houston and i was just like Ugh. it was rough so but chicago i like it is organized chaos you never stop at chicago i love it so it's Chicago is pretty cool um I've been flying a lot. The reason why I've been flying a lot is because I want to upgrade. So that's the goal. And I've been kind of pushing myself a little bit more to upgrade because um, apparently there was a deadline. Uh, there was a deadline for when you needed to be awarded a class, but apparently that, that deadline does not exist. So uh, I'm going to kind of bring back the flying a little bit. I'm not yet in my thousand hours. You need a thousand hours to upgrade in the aircraft. And because I'm an instructor for the airline, I also don't... Um, Uh, I don't fly as much. So, when you become an instructor, you are an instructor first, the line pilot second. So, if my priority has been an instructor, so I've been there kind of pretty much as the the start of my career with SkyWest, I've been an instructor. So, I'm trying to fly more, but now I have a little bit more balance because literally the past since April, okay, I'll say June, July, April, June, July, I was April and June, I was never home. I was just working, working, working. And you can, you know, I got burnt out. So, now September, I'm trying to take some time off. So I think with November, December, just take advantage of that. I take advantage of my seniority. That's that's what's really it comes in handy. Take advantage of my seniority so I can get the days off that I want, get vacation time, etc. And I'm planning a nice trip in. Uh, excuse me, in November, I'm trying to uh, plan a trip to. Uh, I think uh, this is just a tentative plan, but Tokyo. Kyoto, Seoul in in South Korea. So those three cities I'm trying to go in November. I already have the time off. I already have the vacation off. So that's really cool. That, that comes. I'm super excited for that. That I'm excited for. I can, uh, I can definitely say that I'm excited for that one. Cool. Okay. So then another thing is my CQ of 2023. So CQ stands for continuing qualification. That is our yearly recurrent training at the airlines. So this year's CQ, it was uh, interesting. So the first thing is that the first, the CQ here at SkyWest, and I'm pretty sure it's kind of similar throughout the airlines, but we have, it's a three-day event. So you have day one is a classroom portion. So you sit there and kind of have discussion with other pilots and the instructor. You have discussions about incidents and what you're going to cover uh, this year for CQ. Day two is your ILOE. Sorry, is it? No, it's not initial. It's just your LOE. Your CQLOE is your CQ, your continuing qualification. Uh, oh my God. Uh, what the hell is, uh, line oriented evaluation? I was thinking about uh, the E, but anyways, CQLOE is your continuing qualification, line oriented evaluation. It's just mimicking the same, um, uh, Mimicking line operated. um, Sorry, line operations. So they set you with a captain. Typically, uh, you know your schedule before, and you know who you're going to be, who your captain's going to be, who they're going to pair you up with. So in this case, I got a captain that was a little interesting to begin with. Like I thought, it was like I I thought about it. I was like, wow, this is going to be odd. And when we met, it was he was he was he was fine. He's a Seattle based captain. And we finally got there. Uh, LOE was uh, fine. It was a little bumpy, but we managed to get through LOE. So we got that, signed off, good to go. Then the third day was the CQ maneuvers validation. So MV, uh, we had our procedures validation, sorry, maneuvers validation, and that didn't go well. Uh, we had to reschedule. Um, unfortunately, the captain has some issues and we had to reschedule. So that, okay, done with that. Rescheduled it and... Scheduling really wanted, the training coordinators really wanted to put me like as soon as possible. They're like, we want to schedule you now, 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 now. And they put it in between work blocks for me. So I didn't want that because I didn't want to have work and immediately go to my, uh, like a validation event. Because these validation events, if you fail them, there are a Jeopardy event. It can go into your your permanent record uh, that you fail a training event. And it goes throughout your, you know, your aviation career. But anyways, I accepted and they gave me the 4 o'clock, the 4 a.m. slot. And I was not super excited about that because it's super early. But the good thing about that is that if we brief, so every simulator session starts with a two-hour brief. So before you go into the simulator, you sit with the instructor and the other your your partner, and we sit there and we make sure that we talk about what what to expect and the expectations and the uh, grading. Um, uh, objectives and all this stuff. We talk about that. And luckily, the captain and I got paired up, this is a different captain uh, that I got paired up with, uh, agreed to brief the day before. The instructor was on, on, on top of that too. And we we're like, okay, perfect. So we briefed the day before so we didn't have to show up to the building or to the simulator until like 5.30 in the morning the next day. I'm okay with that. I'm a morning person. So I was like, okay. So I set up, I go back to my hotel room next morning. I didn't wake up. My alarm went off, either I snoozed hard or I completely, I I know I set an alarm, but I think I just snoozed really hard and I, or I turned, I obviously turned it off because I didn't hear it sounding, you know, here and again. I don't even remember me snoozing it, but I woke up, I was supposed to be in the building at 5.30. At six o'clock, I got a text message, which I didn't hear because my phone was on do not disturb. I woke up in a panic around 630 or 645. I think it was in the morning. And I woke up in a panic and I got dressed. I didn't even get showered. I was like, getting ready. I was like, and I text the instructor's like, hey, I'm on my way. And he's like, no, we already got a seat sub or a seat. sub. <clears throat> Sorry, a seat substitute. So they got another one to fill in my role for the first officer to so the captain could do their, their validation. So I was like, shoot you know? So I was like, I was out of that. So I had to reschedule it again. And again, they want they want to push it, get it done now, get it done now, get it done now. I wanted to push it further back when I had a little bit more time off, but they're like, no, we want to get it done now. I'm like, okay, cool. And it was just like this, this, this dark cloud hanging over my head of just trying to get this done. And, um, I, sh- I was nervous. I-, I just, you know, I was because the first maneuver session didn't go so hot as you remember me saying. And, but we made it. It was just me and they had a seat sub. Now I had a captain that was just seat subbing, basically, who was not getting validated. They were just there to help me com- uh, complete my. Uh, my tasks and during the first try I completed most of my tasks so I had to just do kind of half of the other stuff so typically a, a continuing qualification maneuvers simulator session last about four hours two hours per uh, per seat position so the captain gets two hours and the fo gets two hours so I had done most of my stuff And I finished in an hour. So we were done. So, uh, that went pretty quickly. The instructor was super chill. The seat sub captain was really cool. So I got that done. Whoo. So we were done pretty quick. So that's over my head. Uh, and it feels weird because anytime you go to uh, CQ, it just feels weird because you're getting into the simulator. That's, I would, I would say it feels like 85% like the real plane. Um, and it just feels like it's off, you know. It's they say, "Oh yeah, we're mimicking line operations or whatever," but it just seems like you're doing something wrong. It feels like you're writing with your left hand, you know, if you're a righty, or uh, you know, vice versa, if you're a lefty. So it felt weird, and it always feels weird. But the more you do it, because we do this every year. This is my this is my second time doing it at the company. So the more you do it, then know what to expect and what to look for and how it feels. So I think it's going to go easier the next year. But I learned a lot of good stuff this year, so I'm really happy about that. Okay, so now let's talk about training contracts and what they are. So if you're just a student pilot or kind of just an aviation enthusiast, you may not know what these training contracts are, are about. Basically, airlines are now adopting this new form of hiring pilots, which basically are now having some strings attached to your contract. So once you get hired on, you get a a conditional job offer, what we call a CJO. If they give you a bonus or if they give you a, some type of training, they'll say, hey, we want to have you at the company, we'll hire you, but we're going to ask you that you stay at the company for X amount of time, or they'll say, hey, we'll give you $50,000 But if you leave within three years, you owe us that money back with interest on top of that. And there's one airline that does that, that I know of and That's Frontier. Frontier will give you a $50,000 bonus, bonus in air quotes, and which is a training contract. They don't like calling it a training contract, but it is a training contract because they're not giving you the money free and clear. When I got $17,000 from SkyWest, they didn't put any strings attached to that contract. I could have left whenever, and I would have walked away with $17,000. But anyways- so they put strings attached to your contract, which hasn't really happened widely throughout the industry. Uh, probably about six months ago, I would say, uh, Republic, which is another big, um, regional airline, they instituted a contract like that and it kind of raised a lot of, uh, eyebrows really because they were giving money away, but they say, Hey, this is a contract you pretty much tying you down. So there's pros and cons to it, right? Pros for the company, cons for the, uh, for the pilot wants to advance. Right now in our industry, it is the best time to be a pilot because there's so much opportunity. We call it an opportunity surplus. So, because we see kids right out of Embry Riddle or, you know, flight training affiliate schools and stuff like that that can go directly to the right seat of an Airbus at a low cost carrier, uh, you can pretty much enter the career, the aviation career, with low hours and skip the regionals and go to a low cost carrier, which typically pay a little bit more, et cetera. And, you know, you, you, that's kind of a stepping stone to go to the big leagues, you know, United, Delta, American. So that's the kind of the environment we're in right now. A lot of people want to progress quickly as possible. Everyone is hiring, not just the regionals, not just every single airline is hiring and they're, they're hurting for pilots. So they will take out pretty much, they've lowered their minimums. They've r- removed the requirement to have a bachelor's degree now. So now it's preferred, but not required before uh, a few years ago, even up until probably a year ago, uh, airlines still had the requirement that you had to have a bachelor's degree. But because they need pilots so bad, they got rid of that requirement. So these training contracts, the reason why they were implemented is because airlines, more specifically regional airlines and low-cost carriers, are having a hard time keeping pilots. So what will happen... Is that pilots will come to a regional, and this has happened. I've seen it firsthand. What happens? They'll come to SkyWest and they will go through some training. They'll get their ATP certificate and then they'll leave. So I've had students come in, you see the pair, you know, an FOFO pair, and A few days later, you know, you know, there's only one person there, and I say, "What happened to your sim partner?" Oh, they're at spirit. Oh, they're a frontier. So these people had absolutely no intention of staying at SkyWest or coming to SkyWest. They just literally used SkyWest to obtain their ATP, CTP, and bail. So that's ethically, I don't know. It's up to you uh, if you want to do that. If you think that's good or bad, because we talk about seniority in the industry and how you want to get to your the airline you want to retire as quickly as possible. And right now, it's happening quick, right? But then again, there's people that are using the resources of an airline to progress their careers. Because before all this happened, before all the retirements and COVID happened, you would not even be, you know, you you would have to have thousands of hours of pilot and command time, PIC time, to actually be even looked at by United or American or Delta. Now that is not the case. Uh, So you can get to United pretty quickly. Uh, And it's unfortunate for... The airlines, you know, because they, you know, it is, it is, it is what it is. It's happening. Pilots come in, they apply to multiple airlines, uh, and Skywest is a destination for a lot of pilots that are getting started and they're using Skywest as a means to an end, literally to get their ATP, CTP and bail. And I've seen it happen. And that's unfortunate for the company because they're losing money. And so, and I'm really surprised that Skywest has not implemented a contract like that and knock on wood, maybe they won't. But I'm not surprised that they do start implementing some type of contract because it's hard to keep pilots. Because as we know, regional airlines are kind of a stepping stone in your career. Not every single pilot you come across is going to say, hey, I want to be a SkyWest for the rest of my life. No, they want to retire at United. Some people, however, they're okay with it. I've met people that say, yeah, this is fine. My sim partner says, that I'm happy here. Based on several factors, whether age or, or just preference or quality of life, it's your decision. But most of the majority, well, most of the majority, the majority of pilots want to end up at uh, the legacy airlines, United um, American Delta, right? So these trading contracts are kind of helping stop the the hemorrhage of pilots going somewhere else. Um, there are possible solutions that I thought about that the airlines could do, but I'm sure there's uh, other factors at play. For example, um, I thought about, and I'm sure people have thought about this before, but hey, why don't you establish a flow program from Skywest to United or your partners, so that way you say, okay, you're going to get a guaranteed class at United if you stay at Skywest for two years as a captain. That will completely overnight stop people from leaving because they say, hey, I got a guaranteed. It's guaranteed. I'm going to United. But the problem is that United has its Aviate program, who um, their goal is to train their own pilots. So, I don't know. That could be a hurdle. But on last earnings call with SkyWest, Chip Childs, the CEO of SkyWest, mentioned something about they're going to be changing something for to help the career progression of pilots of SkyWest. So, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going to come of that, but that sounds exciting. So, those are training contracts. Be weary of them. Um, know that if there is a bonus, make sure you read your contract and make sure that you agree to the terms of that um, the contract. So now if they offer you a $100,000 bonus, most of the time, there's going to be a string attached to it, which means you're going to have to be at that airline for uh, a little bit of time. Um, So yeah, those are training contracts. Now... Last but not least, I want to do a QA and a session, which we have. Uh, I started live. So dur- throughout the recording of this episode, uh, I've had a live stream on Instagram, and I've had people ask questions, uh, friends, and I'm going to do that every time, and I'm going to incorporate those questions into the episode, just so maybe, because I'm a uh, victor. Uh, Hot Dog LA on Instagram asked a very good question, and um, he asked me where is it better to train, fly training, is in, in LA or or Las Vegas, and in that, and my answer to that was, um, it depends. It really does depend because you have to take several factors into consideration. Um, do you have to relocate? do you have to is it if if uh training is cheaper in vegas but now you have to move from la to uh now you have to go to vegas to do your flight training that could be more expensive um Air traffic. Uh, Southern California is typically very saturated with air traffic and uh, training traffic. Uh, airports are super saturated. It's a really good training environment for instrument rating. Um, I used to take students to Southern California to train in the, uh, with so-called Tracon, but. For a private pilot, it might be too congested to do like pattern work, right? So they, you might have to fly further out uh, to do your pattern work to practice your landings because some airports, like for example John Wayne, um, they don't, um, you know, they won't, they'll close a pattern for just for private pilots or or training because they're so busy. Um, in Las Vegas, again, is getting busier because of all the training that's going on. So you just have to, uh, my suggestion to him was to kind of go to the Inland Empire and and check it out. But everywhere is getting pretty busy. But overall, typically, I think the desert is a really good place to train because of the weather. That's another thing to consider. Um, In Southern California, when you're doing your private pilot, you have to be VFR or you have to be visual flight rules. And during June, you have a lot of the marine layer coming in, so that kind of stops you from flying. So uh, we don't have that in the desert. We don't have that kind of marine layer. So typically it's really good minus the summer, uh, July, August, it gets pretty hot. So you have to fly either super early or super late. Um, but you, I think more importantly, when you think about your location where you're going to fly, just ask around as far as doing your research on the flight school. So that's, that was a question that I want uh, to answer from Victor. Thank you so much for your support. Also, thank you so much for Micah um, SLC aviator. I believe that's his, uh, um, handle on Instagram. Let me see. Where are you? Yeah. K SLC underscore aviator. That's his handle on Instagram. Go ahead and give him a follow. He's a spotter and he also works Alaska ramp, uh, uh, operations. I'm sorry in Salt Lake. And he's caught a few cool pictures of, my, of me flying into Salt Lake. So if you do that, uh, he's donated $5 to the fundraiser the maui relief fundraiser that i have i have a 500 hundred dollar goal for the month of august we'll see how we, we can donate uh we're going to donate this to the red cross to provide relief for the maui residents the ones that have been affected by the wildfires there unfortunately oh my god i almost forgot i have something else we do want to talk about uh the friend that recently interviewed at an airline and he actually did not make it was not invited but i think it was because of what happened. Um, so my friend, his goal, his lifetime goal is to become a cargo pilot, but he wanted to progress his career and he decided to apply to this airline kind of as a means to an end, right? To get some uh, 121 time and just kind of see airline operations and just kind of move on to get more experience. So he was invited to interview at this airline, which I'm not going to name, and he showed up in his best... Dress suit. He was sharp, looking sharp. And the first thing he noticed is that the company was not matching the energy. Everyone was very casual. Like uh, I don't, and and that upsets me a little bit because if my friend would have shown up dressed the same as them, he would have immediately gotten kicked out. So the expectation of what professional looks like should be, I feel personally, should be matched by the people that are interviewing the panel. And this was not the case. So that was his first red flag. He's like, that seemed a little odd and a little insulting to know that I'm expected to show up in a very uncomfy suit and tie, etc. And then see people in tennis shoes, jeans and polos. And that just kind of doesn't set the mood. It doesn't really it didn't. I mean, it was kind of weird, right? That's what he mentioned. Secondly, uh, the biggest one is when he actually went to the panel interview with the uh, HR representative and the chief pilot. Apparently, it was a chief pilot for the company, not just for a base, but for the company. Okay, so the company started to list their business model and basically why they are who they are. Incentives included within the you know the uh, conditional job offer, etc. But my friend saw he's a very sharp guy and he saw through all this marketing mumbo jumbo, I guess if you want to call it, and he started asking questions, targeting and trying to pull apart these and see really what was beneath the surface. Was it really X, Y, Z? Was it this? And when he pushed back with these questions, the chief pilot became, I don't want to say too upset, but became, I guess, he didn't like the fact that my friend called this baby ugly. That's what my friend said. You know, most people come in and say, yes, absolutely. Where do I sign? Let's go. Right. But my friend was a little bit more critical. He had a lot. He had more options out there for him. And you know, he wants to go cargo eventually. He he has a really nice stable job now, but this is kind of a career progression. So he didn't have to take this job. So he had the courage to really ask the tough questions that we should be asking. Like, okay, how long do I have to be here? Uh, or what does this mean? Reserve rules, etc. And the chief pilot did not like to be asked these uncomfortable questions. And this is why my friend assumes that he was not given a conditional job offer because the chief pilot did not like the cut of his jib, right? The way, basically the way he was a little, my friend was a little bit more, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? He was definitely more assertive and just a- asking questions that most people won't. So he went on and they told him, hey, we're not going to uh, invite you for training. However, we'd like to encourage you to apply again in six months. And then the HR representative started to boast the fact that they are not always on time but they will get you there safely. And apparently they took pride in this model. And my friend was just like, why would you, anyone at the company be proud about being late and delivering this product? Like, that's not something to talk about. That's something you would want to improve on. Anyways, my friend said it was nice to see the process, but I was super underwhelmed and I don't think I'll reapply to that airline. So he brings up a very good topic of, asking good questions. A lot of us are not going to because we're afraid that that's gonna happen, which is we're not gonna get invited for training. We're not gonna get an indoor class. We're not gonna get a CJO. So I think it's very important to interview the airline as well to see if we're a good match. Some of us, in fact, most of us don't have the luxury because we wanna progress in our careers. We wanna make that step. We wanna continue stepping up the ladder to make it to our final destination. But my friend, this airline was not intended to be his final destination. He wanted to go there to perhaps expand his career. But this was not something that was like a life or death situation for him. And he he was able to afford to make those really tough questions and risking not getting that CJO, which he didn't. However, he can possibly he can reapply again and try to make it in. But again, he's probably going to be a smart ass and (laughs) not get himself hired but he's happy he shared this really valuable information with me and i want to share with you that you need to be very careful as to what companies are offering you you know when it comes to training contracts or what the company's putting across that may not be entirely truthful that they might be just sugarcoating it for marketing purposes but you know you should be careful and ask good questions to the recruiters or the interviewers when you're there so you get your answers quite because the the airline you might be a good fit for them but they might not be the fit for you so just be aware of that. And with that that is it. Thank you so much for your support. I hope to see you in the next episode and like I said I'm going to schedule these recordings a little bit more of to um Tag along with an uh, Instagram live so you guys can ask questions. Once again, thanks, 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 thanks. And I'll see you in the next episode. See ya. Sup nerds. Before I let you go, I have a task for you. I have a challenge. If you can go to the platform where you're listening to this podcast in, and go ahead and leave a review, just tap that star, whether it's a five star, I'd like that very much or a four or a three or two or a one. It doesn't matter as as long as you leave a review and some criticism so I can improve this podcast because I want the Tailwinds and Sunshine podcast to be your podcast. So go ahead and leave that review now. I also want to give a huge shout out to my friends and coworkers for sharing the podcast with their friends and family. That means the world to me. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Also, if you want to be part of the show, go ahead and hit me up. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We'll make that show happen. We'll make you a friend of the show. Until next time, wishing you tailwinds and sunshine. See ya! The statements made on this show are my own opinion and do not necessarily reflect those of my employer.